sub. And Swayman sticks out the glove. Crazy shoots his goal. Now, the show that's all about hockey. This is the Shaw's and Star Market Hockey Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub with Ryan Johnston, Johnson Rock, and Bob Beers. Presented by Shaw's and Star Market. Download the Shaw's app or Star Market app and save today. Also brought to you by Devlin Energy, Mass General Brigham, Sparks Hockey, Dairy Queen, Ufos Recovery Footwear, and Sports Etc. All right, welcome in to another edition of the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show. Every Saturday morning from 9 until 11, we get together, talk about the Bruins and the NHL with you. Take your calls at 617-779-0985. Of course, we've got Judd Surratt and Bob Beers back in studio with us for the first time in a few weeks. They've been out uh, on the road. The Bruins uh, just keep right on rolling here. Three more wins uh, since our last show. Wins over Buffalo, Vancouver, and Philadelphia. They got Chicago in town tonight. And then a uh, re- really interesting and potentially difficult stretch coming up for this team that we'll talk about with what they've got on the schedule, uh, both on the road and here at home, where they are perfect 10-0 and <clears throat> Excuse me, so far this season. 15-2 and record overall as they head into tonight. Just what we expected. Absolutely. Well, they have kept their heads above water, right? That was our discussion on day one, was keep your head above water. They have certainly done that. They're, they're right. head above water and, and and even more so. No, Nobody expected this. This is It's been great. It really has. It's been fun to watch. Um, winning in different ways. Winning with, uh, you know, scoring from up and down your lineup. Uh, great to see Nosek get on the board twice this week. He's 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 hot. Um, it's just it, it's been fun to watch. It really has. Even when they haven't been at their best, they've been able to find ways to win. Now, does did the schedule help them? As it helped them, probably. You know, you, you, we talked about a tough stretch um, going through the Rangers and the Penguins and the Blues. And as it turned out, the Penguins lost what five or six in a row. Mm-hmm. The Rangers have been struggling a little yeah. bit, right? They've been right around five hundred, and the Blues came in losers of what six seven in a row and they ended up going to eight now they've won five in a row since that game <laughs> or, or right after that game so you know and you, you hit the sabers on a losing streak so i i don't i'm, I'm trying to temper it just a little bit and because you just mentioned and referenced the stretch coming up i mean you're gonna have colorado twice you're gonna have vegas twice you're gonna have um other difficult teams in there you got florida and tampa coming up this week uh down there so i i i think that I give them full marks for what they've done. They've been outstanding this year. But, you know, as the season goes on, usually things even out a little bit. But they're showing no signs. They've been they've been really good. And, and when one part of their game breaks down, the other part picks it up. You know, whether it's the power play picking it up, whether it's a penalty killing picking it up, whether it's a goaltending picking it up, you know, whatever. You can go on and on. Some part of their game picks them up when they're not at the top of their game. They've been outstanding in so many facets. Uh, it hasn't always been perfect. That's certainly been the case. The other thing that I started to think about this week uh, was about David Krejci and, and Patrice Bergeron. So before the Bruins embarked on the season, I think Cam Neely was asked, is this the last dance? Um, since these guys are both on one-year deals, mm-hmm. obviously uh, they played a long time in the National Hockey League here for the Bruins. And he said, I think that that's fair to say. But the other thing that I think you have to keep in mind 
this may be the only year that you have your top two centermen, if you're looking through the lens of the salary cap, making a combined $3.5 million. If you look around the National Hockey League. Before bonuses. Right. There's (laughs) going to be some overages that are are definitely going to kick in. But if you look at it, there's not a single team in the National Hockey League that is getting more bang for the buck uh, from their top two centermen than the Bruins are considering the amount of money they're paying. I, I think I looked. So Buffalo is last. They are 32nd in the salary cap. And their top two centers are still making a tad more uh, than Bergeron and Krejci combined. That's what makes this year so important. Not not only for the fact that this could be the last time we see Bergeron and Krejci in Bruins uniforms. And who knows how that's going to play out. That's going to be year to year. But you're never going to be able to see a situation like this from a salary cap perspective on a team that has a chance to win it all. Just speaking to to Bob's point about how this team has performed and how they pick themselves up when when things aren't going perfectly. I mean, we've seen we've seen some of that this week. Uh, you know, the the game in Buffalo through two periods, not great. Game against Philadelphia through two periods, not great, but they they find ways to to get themselves over the hump. And you know, it Listen, we know it's a long season. We talk about that all the time. We know that, you know, one stretch doesn't necessarily define the season. But at the end of this coming week, you're a quarter of the way through the schedule at that point. I mean, this is a a this isn't a five-game winning streak, right? This is a over over the course of 17 games so far, they've been as good or better than anybody else in the league. And and that's what is super encouraging. Plus, we've also seen this team in the past get off to a great start and be able to kind of ride that for the rest of the season. The the points that you're banking now will definitely help you down the road. Oh, they matter. No, no question. I mean, but it's also building something. It's also building a, a you know, you, you say, oh, the regular season doesn't mean anything. It does. It, it means something in, in terms of how you build your team and how you build that, that locker room and, you know, what, what you do for each other on the ice um, it, it, it's, it, it does mean something in that regard, but I'll go back to the game against, um, Philadelphia. I mean, the first period, how many turnovers did we see in the first period? It, it was lots. It, it was, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, here you go. And, and Linus Allmark bailed, bailed him out. There was a breakdown in the neutral zone that led to a, uh, I can't remember who it was for the flyers who came in on the left wing side and, and Linus Allmark just made it look easy with a save. I mean, he bailed them out several occasions in the first period, and it allowed them to get their legs under them and get them going. And all of a sudden, the third period, which has been dominant this season for the Bruins, they, number one in the NHL by a, a you know pretty pretty good margin, uh, it's in terms of goals for and goals against. You know they blew it open in the third period, but they they have the ability to kind of when 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 they don't have it. I think Linus Allmark has been outstanding this this whole season. You know he had one semi-off game against the Penguins. Really. And But he's made big saves at key times, and I just, just case in point, the Flyers game in the first period. He That's when he did his best work. Second period, he didn't have to do as much. And then the third period, you know, at, at crunch time, he made some good saves, but the first period was when that game was, was, was won over by him. And he's number one in the NHL in every you know, major category that, that they look at, whether it's wins, whether it's, 
uh, goals against average, whether it's save percentage, you know, for guys who have played games. And he's got a lot of appearances. So I'm curious. I, I would assume Swayman's going to play today. Uh, I don't know if that was announced yesterday or not. But not uh, a, they, they, didn't go so, they didn't go that far. Yeah, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see. But um, Swayman's going to get back in there at some point, and, uh, and, and, and hopefully they can get that good one-two punch going. But Allmark's been outstanding. To Beersy's point about the importance of the regular season, I think back to what Tampa did a couple of years ago when they won the President's Trophy and, and then they got upset in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They went through an entire regular season without any adversity, and then they hit it in the playoffs and they didn't know how to handle it. For the Bruins, they had it right out of the gate. No Martian, no McAvoy, no Grizzlick. Then along the way, you lose Krejci for a couple of games. Brandon Carlo went down. Um, so the Bruins have been able to stomach that and learn from that, grow from that here early uh, and, and I think they're benefiting from it. Now, we've got a long way to go. And at some point, there's going to be some attrition. It's just the nature of the beast. You just look around the National Hockey League. Good players are going to get banged up. You're going to be missing them for the course of uh, a certain amount of time. Hopefully, it's not the case for the Bruins. They can dodge most of that. But I think it's important during the regular season that you're able to learn those lessons, to face some adversity. Um, maybe you lose. Hopefully, you don't. But but you get better from it because you're really going to confront it once the playoffs hit. And I know we're a long way from that, and you have to be ready for it uh, when it presents itself. Well, and, you know, coaches will talk about the season as being a process, right? I mean, you, you come in in training play camp. play the game the right way. You come in in training camp, and you, you know, it, you know to kind of use a Bill Belichick, is it, you, you, you wipe the slate clean, you start fresh, right? You've got a lot of guys that back, but you have a brand-new coach, Right, you're implementing different things. You're playing maybe a little bit of a different way. You've got some new faces, some young guys trying to crack into the lineup, and all of that as the as the season goes along. Right, you're mixing and matching and trying to figure out over the course of 82 games what's our best lineup going to look like when we get to the postseason. Right, it, where where does everybody fit? How does these pieces fit together? Upstairs, you've got you know, are there ways that we can improve this team? Right, we'll see deals made during the course of the season. So it's a process that that happens over the course of 82 games for both the players, coaches, front office, all of it. Well, and, and the process on the ice is <clears throat> how are you playing? There's going to be games, <clears throat> excuse me, there's going to be games where throughout this long season where you don't get the bounces. You, know, you could play great, you don't get the bounces, a couple bad bounces go against you and, and you end up losing. You could play a poor game and you get some bounces. You know, there's it's just it's going to happen. It's it it evens out over a long season usually. I don't know, though, Judd, if, if I look at this season so far and think of, I mean, I can count on, I, I have they been outplayed this season? I can't think of a game yeah. where it's a straight-out goalie win, and that's how good right, Lena right. Solmark has been. I mean, there's been a period here and a period there, right? There's been a period, right. you know, that, but... But over a, a 60 minutes, has there been a game where they've been outplayed? I, I can't think of one. I, I, I mean, they weren't good against Ottawa, but they kept coming back. <laughs> you know, it's just they weren't good defensively against Ottawa, but they kept coming back in that game. So maybe. And I don't think they were completely dominating against Toronto. I think Toronto was a better team in that game. I think they deserved to win. You know, I don't think the Bruins were at their best in that one. But those are the only two losses. And even some of the wins that they've had, I don't, I can't remember a game where they've been, they haven't deserved to win. I thought Maybe Cal I'm wrong. But. I thought Calgary played well. I don't think they deserved to necessarily right. win that game. I don't think the Bruins stole that. There I mean, was Anna Anaheim said it was the best game of the season that they played here, and I was like, 
Everything is relative. Um, wow. But even for Calgary, the, the thing when you were starting to talk about uh, bounces and breaks, Calgary had a few there early, if I remember in that game, where they had some open nets, open looks that they didn't finish on yeah. that could have mattered in the game. But but I don't think back to that game and, and say, oh, you know, the Bruins were outplayed by the Calgary Flames. The Bruins deserves to win that game. There's going to be games where they do get outplayed. There's, there's no question. It's just, like I said, it's going to happen. But uh, at the same time, They've, they've, when they have, I, I just think it's, I think it's good in the long run that you find ways to win when you're not at your best at certain points in the game. And that's certainly been the case over the last couple. All and right. Well, not, and uh, one uh, last thing, and it's not always the usual suspects. It's, it's, you know, we've talked about how many different guys have goals for the team. Yeah. It's 20, but now start to look at how many guys are in double digits in scoring. Zaka, Krejci, Hall, DeBrusque, Bergeron, um, Marshan, Lindholm, Pasternak, that's a lot. And you've got a, a bunch of guys on the cusp of getting to that point. Yeah, it, I mean, it is really crazy that of the, you know, you're 17 games into the season and you basically have one regular who doesn't have a goal at this point, right? And Brandon Carla. Strawman will be in tonight, so two. Well, he's uh, I mean, he's only played five games, too. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like. Played, yeah. his, played his best game the other day. Yeah, he did. All right, we'll talk a lot more about uh, what we've seen out of the Bruins lately. We can get to your calls coming up at 617-779-0985 as we get started on this week's edition of the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show. Stay tuned for more of the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show on 98.5. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. May vary. Now, Ryan Johnston, John Surratt, and Bob Beers. This is the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Back here on the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show. 617-779-0985. You can join us. Bruins take on the Chicago Blackhawks tonight around 7 o'clock. Face-off over at TD Garden. We're going to talk with a longtime analyst for the Blackhawks, Troy Murray, coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Um, Bruins, as we said, won all three games this week against Buffalo, Vancouver, Philadelphia. We've seen, uh, as we expect along the along the way, as we talk about that process, we've seen some changes with the lines in the last few games uh, last weekend, Jim Montgomery went back to Bergeron, Pasternak, and, and Marchand together, decided to stick with that for the next couple of games for the most part. Um, and listen, we we know that that's always going to be an option with this team. Is it something that he's just getting a look at? Is this something that maybe because of the success they've been able to have up and down the lineup, they feel like they they could use a little bit more often and still have – the scoring down the second, third, and fourth lines. What do you, what's your opinion on the changes that we've seen this week? Well, the, that change that he made was to try and get something going five on five. Um, the Bruins went through a segment of four or five games where they weren't really generating much. 
I, I know that goals were still going in. They were scoring a lot on the man advantage. Um, but that was primarily because he wasn't seeing what he wanted five on five. And that was to try and spark that. Um, I, I think back to last weekend, we're in Buffalo and Brad Marchand and, and Jim Montgomery, the game before they had both said, we are not happy with the way that we're playing. Uh, we may be winning games, but we have to be a lot better, especially um, at the offensive end. Uh, now, in Buffalo, it took a little bit of time for it to get going, and Buffalo put the Bruins on their heels. But um, that, that's really what spurred the change. And, and now maybe because he's seen a little bit more from Hall and Krejci here um, in the last few periods, okay, let's start to even it out again. Let's put Pasternak back there. I always know what I'm pretty much going to get from, from Marchand and Bergeron. But that's that, I think, was the genesis for the change. Well, the, the Krejci line with Pasternak there ha- hadn't done a whole lot five-on-five, five, uh, you know, and so they were trying to, you know, trying to spark that, like Judd said. Um, you know, when when you look at this team, there, there's very few things to pick on right now. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just how often do we say that when we come in here? You know, there's always something, <laughs> right? They're the number one goals for in the league. They're the best goals against in the league. Their power plays, what, sixth in the league. Mm. Their penalty killing dropped a second in the league with a couple goals here the last few games. Like, you know, those categories are outstanding. I mean, this this is, is they're plus 33. The next closest team, I think, is 22. The New Jersey Devils are on an 11-game win streak, and they can't pass the Bruins because the Bruins keep winning. Um, so... There's very few things to pick on, but I think if you go from an individual basis, you know, you know, Marchand says to, to Jim Montgomery, Montgomery brought it up, uh, and he said, I, you know, I'm, you know, Montgomery says, good to have you back, or whatever the conversation was. He goes, I'm not even playing good right now. I'm not even playing my best right now. And he's got five goals this season. They're all on the power play, so five on five, trying to get going. You know, in, in that regard, uh, they had a couple of nice, they had a nice goal against Buffalo, a nice passing play where, where they scored uh, uh, to close that game out. It was a goal by Bergeron. Um, but he, he's, you know, he comes back. I think McAvoy's still trying to find his game a little bit. You know, he scored the game-winning goal in his first game back. We all know how good he can be, how, how great he is. And, and I, I think he's kind of finding the way a little bit. Uh, I think Krejci's still finding his way a bit. And him getting two goals the other day was big. I, I You know, in our conversation with uh, with Montgomery for our pregame show the other day, we asked him about Krejci and and. He just said, you know, you know, it, it's it's coming. You know, he had he played a few games, then he was injured for a few games. And when he came back, they said he said he was probably like 80 percent, so he wasn't quite where he needed to be. Now, you know, hopefully he's back to that. And we interviewed him after the game, Krejci, and he said as much. He said it's been a disappointing kind of start for him, but I, I hopefully this is a it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about Krejci because you know, as you said, he had the the injury, missed a little bit of time. He came back and. You know, going into Thursday's game, he only had one point in five games since he had come back. Uh, he hadn't scored a goal in about a month uh, before he got the two goals the other night. And and so, you know, that's not something we're accustomed with David Krejci. I mean, he's been over the course of a long career here. He still has, what, a, 11 points or something? Right, in but, you know, you, you expect him to, you know, consistently, especially with the guys that he's got around him these days, you expect him to consistently be on the score sheet in some way. So to see him go that long of a stretch without it, it's like it does make it it did start to make you wonder. It's like is is he okay coming off of that injury? Is you know, is he 
still feeling the the effects of that. Well, there was uh, a few guys in the Bruins room who had mentioned. I think Nick Foligno had also mentioned it. You know, because the Bruins had a chance to come home, and and they had a chance to rest. They had a, a chance to practice, a chance to recover. He he said, I think you're going to see. Um, that we are going to benefit from that. Guys had a chance to heal up. There's a little bit more energy in the room. I can certainly feel it. Uh, I thought it was fascinating what Jim Montgomery had said about his team's start against Philadelphia. I think he said we were too, what, overexcited to play? Yeah, they had three uh, days off. <laughs> and, and because of that, we were running out of position uh, and we were leaving well, that the middle was, of the ice. That was the, that was the chance in the first period. I, I, like I said, I can't remember who it was, but you had everybody on one side of the ice <laughs> – uh, and they just left the right, the, the the left wing side completely open. And I don't know if they thought, you know, the defense. I think it was Cliffy uh, Clifton. I don't know if he thought he had you know, support over there, or if he thought he could close the play off on the other side, or he didn't see somebody. But it was a holy cow! It was just wide open. I mean, that happened a couple <laughs> times against Vancouver, but it was um, it was with the man advantage. The goal that JT Miller scored. He just walked in alone. It was one pass, and all of a sudden he's in it by himself. It was kind of a breakdown in coverage in the neutral zone. So that's what I mean. You know, you, you look at the game against Flyers. Oh, we won four one. That's great. You know, and a couple power play goals. We looked awesome. But you forget about the saves that that Allmark makes in <laughs> oh, the first my. period on the two on one shorthanded on the break in alone, and you know, there's others that you know on turnovers. All of a sudden, you know. He's making these saves, and you kind of forget about him. It kind of glosses over. Sometimes I think it's like a closer uh, in baseball. It's good to get some rest, and it's good to kind of recover, but sometimes if you don't use that guy as often as you normally use it and, and get him um, some regular work, you know, he might feel better, but he's not as effective. Tough to tough to stay in rhythm that it, way, Exactly. Right? So, you know, across a long season, listen, it, it's terrific to get a couple of days off at home. Let's grab Kevin and Melrose quickly. Kevin, you're up on the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I just want to touch upon something that you were talking about last week, and that's the schedule. And I just wanted to point out that there's one team in their conference, actually one, uh, not one team, but one team in their division that only comes here once this year, and that's the Montreal Canadiens. We've got four teams from the Metropolitan, Philadelphia, Columbus, Washington, and the Islanders come here twice. How do they justify that? That's beyond me. I don't understand it. The Canadians come here once. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. And it's been something that has been talked about. So the, the, and that it's a, it's a big issue with, um, a lot of people, but the league wants to keep it this way. It was, it was brought up when we were at the broadcast meetings to the commissioner. Yeah. And they, they want every team to To go to every every building. building. So if that's the case, if, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have every Western Conference team, there's 16 now in the West. You know, now that we have Seattle in the in the league, there's 16 in the West, 16 in the East. If you're gonna have every team come to the to Boston, um, the only way to me to help increase the the divisional games is to reduce the games against the Metro. So right. instead of playing the Metro the Metropolitan Division three times, just have them home and home. Right, play them twice, play the West twice, and then it adds it adds several games to your uh, your divisional games. Right. So it would have at least every team in here twice. Yeah. The gist of that discussion last week, as it has been for years, is well, if you want to emphasize the divisional rivalries, which you do because of the playoffs, then 
have when it play comes to the playoffs, you, 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 then have them play more teams in yeah. the division. So, right. like, why not have them play out amongst yeah. each other during the regular season? Yeah. Absolutely, but it's it's not changing anytime soon. Trust me, <laughs> we, we, it's been asked. The it's guy been asked at the top times. doesn't want to change it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will continue. We'll talk with Blackhawks analyst Troy Murray when we come back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Hockey Show. You're listening to the Shaw's and Star Market Hockey Show on the Sports Hub. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. Ryan Johnston, Judson Rod, Bob Beers. The Shaw's and Star Market Hockey Show continues on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Ninety-eight-five, the sports hub. Back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Hockey Show, Ryan Johnston with Judd Surratt and Bob Beers. Bruins will host the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at TD Garden. Joining us now, longtime Blackhawks player and now analyst as well, Troy Murray is joining us on the Volkswagen Dealers Expert Hotline. Good morning, Troy. Morning, Ryan. How are you? What's well. up, Muzz? How was your night in Boston? Where was your spot uh, when you were playing and you were coming into the old garden? Where was your spot? Well, we used to, we used to uh, our hotel used to be down at the at the wharf there, um, and it was the chart house was back there. Oh yeah, I think it was I think it was the chart house back there, and then Samuel Hall was always a popular spot, and then. Uh, in and around there, but uh, last night we ended up down in the North End having some dinner with some corporate sponsors who were on the trip at uh, Brico's. It was an excellent meal and uh, enjoyed the night in Boston. Uh, you're good at that, right? With the sponsors, you like those dinners, <laughs> the free ones. <laughs> it's a freebie. <laughs> so, Muzz, I was looking back. Uh, when you played in the National Hockey League, it's not the way the schedule is now. Um, you didn't necessarily play in every building every year. So what do you remember about one of your first games in Boston Garden, February 9th, 1985, a two-goal game? That was my that was my first game in Boston Garden? No, I think it was one of the first. Okay. And it sounds like yeah. you ruined Pete Peters. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? It's funny. People ask me, like, do you remember your first goal? And everybody remembers it. And I'm going, I don't remember my first goal, I, let alone the two goals that I had in Boston. I... I I do remember though that it, you know the the uniqueness of the old Boston Garden was incredible. The balcony, the first balcony, and the the media roll that was right there uh, was basically right on top of the ice. There was no corners; you couldn't hide in that rink. <laughs> it was like <laughs> you're out there, and there's O'Reilly and these guys, and you're going, "I, I got to find a place to hide," but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only reason I, I bring up the game so afterward, Pete Peters mentioned after your performance. He said, quote, maybe we ought to just give Doug Keynes a shot and let me sit out a few games. The puck just wouldn't hit me. It was going behind me or between me. <laughs> us, like all of us, great goal scorers. I didn't see the goalie. I, I, I saw the net. <laughs> Muzz, I'm looking at uh, 
I'm looking at your scoring here. Your best season, 99 points. I think it was the same year you won the Selkie, by the way. Who was your coach, and how could you not get to 100 points? 99 points. You couldn't get an empty netter somewhere along the way? Like, they, they wouldn't put you out there in the last game? Dearsy, that's funny you say that because I, going into the last game of the season, we play a back-to-back against St. Louis, and I had uh, 97 points going into the weekend. Um, I picked up a, an assist on Saturday, and it was a it was an it was a it, one of the unique kind of quirks of the schedule back then. We played Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, so and it was back to back against St. Louis. So in St. Louis, I get an assist. But Lee Norwood slashed my hand. And, you know, you didn't have x-ray machines or anything like that. So I finished the game there. The next day, it's a, it's an early game in the afternoon. So I didn't have time to go to the hospital and get x-rayed. So I just, they wrapped it up a little bit. And I went out and played. And I got an assist in the in the game. So now I've got 99 points. St. Louis pulls the goaltender. <laughs> so I'm on the ice with an empty net. And I want to face off on her own zone. And Doug Wilson shot the puck down the ice. It missed the net by about a foot. And I'm looking at Willie, and I'm like, Willie, just dump it out. And he goes, he goes, Troy, he says, you got 99 points. And I'm going, oh, yeah, I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never got another chance at the empty net. It was, it was funny that you said that. Yeah, I could have had my 100th point uh, in a, into an empty net at some, somehow, some way, but it just didn't happen. So, Muds, that year, 86, you get the 99 points, you win the Selkie Trophy. That was also the year, by the way, that Wayne Gretzky had a career-high 215 points. What was it like trying to check him? <laughs> and no wonder you won with 99 points. That was defensive back in the day. Yeah. Um, I, playing again, that was my job back in the day, was to, to go head-to-head against Gretzky. And, and my goodness, I mean, it's hard to even kind of describe what it was like playing against the Edmonton Oilers back in those days when they had, you know, Messi, Anderson, Curry, uh, Paul Coffey. They just were loaded, and that's why they had that dynasty for uh, so many years in, in Edmonton. But Gretzky just, he's one of those players that just saw the game differently than everybody else. It wasn't like he was the best shooter, the fastest skater, the most physical player, but he just saw the game differently. In his mind, the game was going in super slow motion. The rest of us were going a thousand miles an hour trying to figure it out. And he just was—he just understood everything that was going on the ice before it happened. And I, I thought that you know I'd have a good game. I'd look at the score sheet, and he'd have four points. And it's just like, oh my goodness, uh, you know, it was just incredible what he could do. And if you if you happen to shut him down five on five. They had a power play opportunity, and you know there he gets his points. But um, he, the Oilers were a team back in the day, and they weren't rubbing it in your face. But they they would like if they scored six, they wanted seven, and then they wanted eight. It, it wasn't they were running up the score. That's just the way that they played. They didn't stop. And you know Gretzky, if he had four points, he wanted to get five points, and that's just the way that team was wired. And, it was not pleasant because I'm basically from Edmonton and my family would be there. They would go back to Edmonton and we'd get beat about 10 to three. Uh, I think my plus minus like took a really bad kicking in all those games. Um, but then I had to go say hello to my family and, and friends with a smile on my face. So it didn't work very good. <laughs> Muzz is a guy who's got a selkie in the trophy case. I'm curious what you admire about a guy who's got five of them in Patrice Bergeron. 
That's incredible. Um, and, I, and I think I was reading that he was a finalist in four of those other 10 years in that, in that span. That's just amazing. And you look at the way that his longevity of his career has just continued at a steady pace. It doesn't seem like there's any drop off. Um, you know, he's not a young guy now compared to in, in the league at 37 years of age, but just his ability to, and again, this is a guy that just has the ability to read plays defensively kind of before they happen. He's always in great position. He's a, you can see that he's a, a thinker of the game in his own end of the ice. He's one of the top face-off guys, and he has been for years, which is going to be a real interesting matchup. Jonathan Taves is having a great year in the face-off circle, and, and so you've got those two guys that have butted heads for many years uh, defensively. But I, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, Bergeron has that all-around game that uh, is just incredible to watch. And he's one of my favorite players in the league. Well, as we're going to ask you a little bit about the Blackhawks here in a minute, but um, I'm curious, just you're from 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 where you sit, what you see of the Bruins, what you've seen of them so far this year. Uh, obviously, tops in the league right now. You know, we're, we're <laughs> before the season, everyone was saying, "Well, try to keep your head above water until you get some of these these injured guys back." Well, they did more; they did that and more. Um, but maybe your perspective on what you've seen from Boston. Well, I, I think that you know, if you look at Boston, um, and, and I thought that uh, you know Butch um, was an excellent coach here, but there's always a, a time frame where you know it, it runs its course, and I think that that's what a lot of these players needed, you know, here in Boston, just a fresh voice behind the bench and a fresh voice inside the locker room. And I think that a lot of people, as you said, Beersy, kind of counted the Bruins out a little bit. Well, this is the year they're going to fall off and, you know, they're going to struggle a little bit. It, it maybe is not the intimidating defense that it had before, but it's all around solid. You, you look at it, there's just no weaknesses. And when you have a line, um, like the Bruins do in their top line, that makes a world of difference. You can throw those guys out whenever you need to, and, and if you're behind the game, you you, you know add some shifts to their game. Um, I think the depth that they have, they've got really good size on third and fourth lines that, that is hard to play against. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that are happier now, like DeBrusque. Um, it, it seems like you know he's kind of changed the, his, his mindset here and it's off to a good start. So you just look at the Bruins and um, for teams or for people that counted them out this year, and I, I was kind of one of them that I thought that they would tail off this year. You look at some of the age and maybe some of the question marks, like Krejci coming in, does he have it uh, anymore after taking a year off? But, uh, you know, this is a Bruin team that is deep, solid. I love Jim Montgomery. I think he's an excellent coach, and I think these guys are all buying into what he's selling, and it's been a really impressive start for the Bruins, to say the least. Well, there's maybe one or two for you before, and then we'll spring you. Why was Luke Richardson the right choice for the Blackhawks in the process they're currently undergoing? Yeah, that's a good question, Judd. Um, they wanted, they didn't want a, a veteran coach. They wanted a young guy that could grow with this, this new group of players that they're going to bring in, and not necessarily what they have this year. If you look at the, the contracts of all the players uh, on, on the Blackhawks, after next year, I think there's only three guys under contract. Um, so th- there's going to be a lot of turnover. Um, they've got a game plan in Kyle Davidson, and Kyle, Kyle Davidson wanted to bring in a good young mind. And every road led to Luke Richardson, what people would say about him, how he interviewed 
Um, they talked about there was an instant connection there. And I think he's got a, a really good demeanor for what's going on in Chicago right now. I mean, he's a first-year head coach. He wants to win. But he also understands the situation that has been put in front of him, that this is about growing a culture. This is about establishing what they need to do this year, next year, the following year. So bringing in Luke, I think he's a, um, he's a driven uh, guy, just like he was as a player. He's a, a really low-key um, temperament-wise, which I think is good for, for the players on the Blackhawks this year. And it just seems like it's been a real natural fit. Uh, I've been really impressed with his ability to uh, read the game, uh, understand the game, and, and talk about the game after. He's a very thoughtful thinker. And when he talks to the media, which you guys know is, is important, you know, he answers the question thoughtfully and he puts a lot of uh, thought behind what he says before he speaks. Last one for you, Muzz. Uh, just on the Blackhawks in general, and you know they're six, seven, and three uh, this season. Uh, is that above expectation, below expectation, where you thought that you would be? And just kind of give us a kind of a rundown of, of of how the season has gone so far for you guys. Yeah, it's been. Um, you know, they got off to probably a better start than than a lot of people would have suspected. Um, this is a rebuild. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that's the way it's going to be all season. They've got two guys in net in, in Staylock who's been hurt, and Mrazek who was hurt as well. And, and uh, but the goaltending again, you look at it, and there's two guys that they brought in that have something to prove. They both want to show the NHL that they can still play. So the goaltending has been really good this year, and they've got a lot out of a lot of players so far. They work hard. They compete. Um, I think they got better results than people would have suspected early on. Um, they're struggling a little bit now. The offense, <clears throat> excuse me, the offense that people were worried about right now uh, is not scoring, so that's a concern. They don't have the high-end talent, so they have to work hard. Uh, they want to put themselves in a position to be in every game um, and, and you know find a way to win it and find a way to get points near the end. So. This is a team that's going to be interesting to watch all season long. Again, they don't have high-end talent. I don't think there's any pressure on Kyle Davidson, the the first-year general manager, head general manager, um, to get results, to get victories. So he's not going to improve the team by picking up a player um, just so they can score goals. They need to build this culture, and they want to see how they can just develop some of these younger players in, in, in Rockford um, and develop the, the prospect pool with the drafts and stuff that they can get with some trades. But, um, you know, this team kind of is what it is right now, a 500 team that works hard. Some games are going to go their way. They might have to you know, work a little extra hard to get those results other than uh, compared to some other teams. But, you know, it, it's, it's a team that uh, is built with a bunch of guys that are going to compete and work hard. We'll let you get out of here on that. Appreciate the time this morning, Troy. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Look yeah, forward see, to seeing everybody. Yeah, see you tonight, tonight Muds. Okay, tr- bye-bye. Tr- Troy Murray, longtime color analyst for the Blackhawks, who are in town tonight to take on the Bruins. Of course, you can hear that game with Judd and Bob here on 98.5 The Sports Hub. We will continue with more of the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show coming up. This is the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. 
Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. From the front office to center ice. This is the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Drives it ahead on right wing out at center ice. All alone is Cates on the left circle. Walks in back and Omar the stick save and he covers his own rebound. Grizzlick draws some four checkers. Gave it away up the middle. Sent out in front. Omar, what a stop on Konechny. Probrava backhand gloved out in front. Omar, what a stop with the left leg on the opportunity by Frost. Some of our amazing saves of the week presented by Ufos, who has teamed with Jeremy Swayman for Kick Saves for Cancer. Ufos will donate $10 for every save this season to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, up to $25,000. Visit ufos.com and learn how to, how every online purchase also contributes to the goal of finding a cure for cancer. That's O-O-F-O-S dot com. Back here on the Shaws and Star Market Hockey Show, Ryan Johnston, Judd Surratt, Bob Beers. Uh, we mentioned earlier, just speaking of the goalies, guys, uh, you know, the the likelihood that we'd see Jeremy Swayman back in on, on the ice tonight. We saw him backing up the other night against Philly. Uh, but in addition to how well Linus Olmark has played, we got to look at Keith Kincaid last Saturday and he was pretty damn good too. Like I mean, they he, he needed to be. He, he absolutely he got tested quite a bit in that game, and he came up huge for them. Yeah, he, he was he was solid in, in preseason. They they kind of knew what they were getting. I mean, Kincaid's got NHL experience. He's played. I mean, yeah. and, and um, he I mean came in played really well against the Buffalo Sabers in that game. Buffalo was flying early, and uh, they they generated some good looks uh, throughout that game. We we said it that night, you know that. Buffalo wants to get out ahead of this thing because it happens every year where they get off to a good start and then they <laughs> then they go down, you know, in the tank. And, and we said they want to get out ahead of this thing. They've lost four in a row. They don't want to make it five. Well, there it was, five. You know, <laughs> Bruins, and, and, they've, and they've continued to lose since then. Oh, it's happening. They've, they've got some serious skill and got some young players on that team, and you know, they've got some building blocks. Everyone's kind of excited about those guys, but – Kincaid did a great job uh, no, coming in in one game he played. Nothing against Yaroslav Halak, but I'm a little surprised the Rangers didn't just give that backup job to Keith Kincaid. He only made one appearance last year. It was a victory for him, but he's had enough experience at this point. He's much younger than a guy like Yaroslav Halak. Um, terrific personality. Uh, I, I don't know if you caught uh, or if everybody caught during the course of the game. Uh, in the second period, he got he got bit, beat uh, on a shot, didn't even see it, and it went off the knob of his stick. And as the play was going the other way, he looked at the knob of the stick and he said, "Thank you," <laughs> uh, which he admitted after the game. Um, you need if you're a team that wants to go deep into the playoffs, you have to have three goaltenders, three legit goaltenders in your system. You can't be in a situation like other teams I can think of, Toronto. Where if all of a sudden you experience some injuries and you have to turn uh, to some of the depth in your organization and you don't have any faith in them, then your team is going to – they're going to squander points and squander opportunities as a result. So that was a nice pickup for the Bruins. Yeah, you just – you mentioned the experience factor there, right? I mean, it's like if you've got to go to your third goal, you got to call somebody up to be able to have a guy who's got legit NHL experience, that's a nice thing to have in your back pocket. 
Something's always going to happen during the course of uh, a regular season. And one last thing on Jeremy Swayman, he mentioned uh, that the injury that he experienced in Pittsburgh, it was sort of a freak injury. He said, if I stay uh, in my crease, I don't get hit like that. If I slide and I overslide that near post to him, it would have been his left. Then I don't get jammed there uh, mm. by Bergeron and, and, and the oncoming Pittsburgh Penguins. He said it was a freak injury. I'm very fortunate uh, and the Bruins need him not only to get back into the lineup, but they need him to find his game rather quickly so they can get back to the split that I think Jim Montgomery wants to see. Yeah, it hasn't got off, gotten off to the best of starts it's, this year. It's for, not – well, he, he played really well. He, in his, he played like, well the one ga- the, the game before he got hurt, right? It, it's, it's not often – it's been a long time since you look at the statistics throughout the league and see that a goaltender for the Bruins is leading the league in appearances. And that's what Allmark is right now. Uh, usually it's, you know, Hellebuck or, you know, go down the list, right? It'll be Shesterkin at the end of the year. But for right now, it's Allmark. All right, we will continue. Judd's going to head out and get head over to uh, Morning Skate. Beersy's going to hang with us. And we're going to talk with Ty Anderson, 98.5thesportshub.com, coming up right after Sports Hub Headlines. Boston's most listened to sports station. On air, online, and the Sports Hub app. Boston's home for sports is 98.5 The Sports Hub. A Beasley Media Group station.